This is the SFHL Off-Ice Report with your host, Ray Kamfu. Welcome to this post-game edition of the SFHL Off-Ice Report. My name is Ray Kamfu, and sitting across from me uh, via Zoom, we got Andre Donato, SFHL Off-Ice Reporter. Andre, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, I am so excited to finally talk about these games. There were a lot of action last week, and I'm ready to break them down. Yeah, so Andre's going to be joining me for the entire show today as we go ahead and we break down how things went in the SFHL. Also coming up on the show, we also have uh, the Players of the Week, or <laughs> sorry, Players of the Month. Uh, much more important accolade to win uh, a Player of the Month, uh, and we'll discuss that as well. So Andre's sitting shotgun with me, and uh, we got a ton to get to. We got clips from the games, we got scores, we got stats. Yeah, players of the month there's a whole ton to get to so let's get to it right now but first this episode is brought to you by the brand new fucking edmonton location now open at 4960 98th avenue anthony i will take a number 18 large uh, i'm a huge richard nixon fan looking to uh you know fuck up man rockets right now thank you fuck you dicks open your eyes man chasing after children I know this stuff leaks all the time. Anthony Wynn. Isn't available right now. That's the for the week. SFHL Off-Ice Report. Okay, Andre. So, we wrap up week six in the SFHL. Uh, we had, you know, some mirror games of the very first opening game of the season this year. So let's start at the top. Let's start with the first game of the night. Man Rockets taking on Book Hockey. Um, at the beginning of the year, Man Rockets would take this game, but it was a little bit of a different story this time uh, with Book taking it 7-2. to two. What was your take on the game? Yeah, Book looked to uh, flip the script and kind of turn the tables on Man Rockets since the first game of the year. They took the game quite handily, a 7-2 victory for Book Hockey. And quite honestly, I know we were in the reporting stage right after the trade happened. Um, a huge, I want to say six-person trade happened with Book Hockey and Death Row uh, just a couple of days prior to this game, where it saw guys like Calvin, guys like Kevin Durr come back to Book Hockey. And we were, you know, the ones reporting that thinking, you know, Death Row might have the advantage on that trade. Well, little did we know that GM Japes was looking at this trade holistically. He was looking at it from a perspective of, you know, how can it benefit himself? And quite honestly, it, it resulted in his line being extremely dominant. You know, look at the stat line. Japes, uh, Calvin, Verada, and Mitch Lee, three points each with a nine-point lineup. Uh, to take over uh, Man Rockets, I think Japes pulled something out of the hat. Just know, but just by knowing the the team chemistry and just knowing by certain people, um, I think it was a really smart decision. You could see it in the in the stats. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. You can't argue with the stats. That's that's always what I say. You know, like uh, personalities and everything else aside, the numbers don't lie. So um, you mentioned him a lot, Japes. Uh, let's go down to the locker room and uh, see what he had to say post game. <laughs> Yeah, I got GM uh, Japes here with uh, Book Hockey here. Japes, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. So, you know, first, ga first game with your new guys here. So how do you think you feel with everyone uh, in the uh, in the forward, in the front there? That was good. Like I said, familiarity was good. Uh, Calvin sparked me and Mitch. Uh, I think he got three points or so. And then me and Mitch, you know, combined, I think maybe nine or ten points. Uh, so do you have any new... Uh, you know, uh, again, Tuesday is oh shit. And Tuesday is the uh, the deadline for trades. Uh, do you are you thinking you have any more tweaks going on with your team? Uh, probably not. Probably not until uh, I get into the salary situation. But probably not. All right, cool. James, thank you very much. Yeah, goalie sucked. Yeah. Uh, who do we play? Huh? Uh, Mad Rockets. Mad Rockets. Yeah, their goalie sucked. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Ooh, what a way to close out a clip. Uh, thoughts, Andre? Absolute trash talking coming from Japes. Uh, nothing less to be expected from uh, a guy who eats his own shit. I mean, when we're talking about goalies, he, he does talk about uh, Gideon, who was his first game in Man Rockets, didn't have a, the, the result that he wanted, um, you know, 
I would say it's a lack of defensive play from Man Rockets. But you look on the other side of the ice, he had Ray Havier. And Ray looked good when it came to playing for Book. He had a sparkling 92% save percentage. And quite honestly, if I had to put it to Ray versus Gideon that night, it was, it was Ray by a lot. Yeah, and it, it's funny too, just uh, hearing post-game comments from, uh, from Japes, you know, from Win from the losses and stuff like uh, he's a totally different person uh, when his team's winning, I guess. But I mean, that, that go, kind of goes with everybody. Um, you mentioned Ray and his uh, save percentage and everything, you know, uh, this guy was kept, this guy was, was held on to uh, essentially like a, a first overall pick. Uh, so, you know, it's gotta be tough for him coming into the season so far and, and having the, the team struggle in front of him. Um, you know, and the numbers aren't indicative necessarily of his play, but uh, uh, we were also able to catch up with uh, Ray in the locker room. Let's check out him now. All right, I got here the goalie with uh, book hockey, uh, Ray Havier. How's it going today? Doing well, yourself? Not too bad, not bad, too bad. So, yeah, so you got some new guys in front of you. So do you see any good improvements, or do you think it needs a little bit more tweaking? What do you think? Um, uh, yeah, it takes a, there's a little bit of adjustment, but so far so good. No gout this game. No gout this game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, um, uh, it's more about familiarity. I think everybody in this league is pretty capable. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to get used to how they play, and they help me out. They help me out a lot today, so can't complain. Right on, man. Right, thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, buddy. There's that word again, Andre. Familiarity is that like is that the secret F word that Japes is going for with all these trades? I mean, he's obviously using that lingo when he talks to his team about where the team's going. That that familiarity. How important is that going to be coming into the stretch? I mean, it seems to be the secret ingredient that he's missing. Yeah, you're saying secret ingredient. Uh, this the F word. It's definitely not friendship when it comes to Japes. He's looking for familiarity. He's looking for something that has that chemistry. And honestly, uh, if you you don't, it's not Moneyball for Japes. It's more a feel. And he's looking for that F word, if you want to call it, that feel that he has with players, certain lines, and cer- certain chemistry. I mean, you look at the SFHL on a broad scope. And we start seeing trades, we start seeing player movement that are reminiscent of teams prior, uh, teams from past, teams from season ones and season two. You start seeing those lines kind of show up again, if it be kind of a a Lewis and Elvis connection or a Japes and uh, Calvin connection. Those certain lines, that familiarity seems to be popping up. I mean, um, Sophia looked good and she was also uh, really familiar with with uh, book hockey as well. Yeah, and who she would also be really familiar with playing against is uh, Francis as a forward. She, she continuously seemed to be always on the ice with him. Now, we've discussed this before. I mean, just how serious does everybody take the SFHL? Are we line matching and, and so forth? It, most of the answer across the league is a, is a resounding no, but it seems like Francis always seems to come up against Sophia and we were able to catch up with her and talk to her about having to defend against Frankie the Tanky. I have your Sophie with uh, with book hockey. How are you doing today, Sophie? I'm doing okay. What about yourself? I'm not too bad, thank you. So uh, there's a controversy about Frank uh, holding you uh, quite aggressively in the corner there uh, in the game with the Mar- Ran Rockets tonight. Uh, what's your take on that, and how do you feel about that? Uh, my take was uh, he's trying to play. I was trying to play hard to get, and he couldn't get any. So. So if he, if he comes up to you tonight, uh, what are you going to say to him? I'm going to say piss off. Oh. <laughs> All right, Sophie, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Andre, you might be more familiar with that high-pitched squealing in the background. Is that GM Japes? Oh, absolutely. I could just see his eyes close up and uh, just turn into, like, buttons. He, he, he's, he's that uh, high-pitched squeal that we hear in the background there. But, but Sophia's right. Uh, when it came to Frank, Frank was playing quite aggressively against Sophia in the corners. And you know what? He's, uh, he's not only scoreless this season, this year, he's always scoreless off the ice as well. 
Well, I mean, Francis, to be fair to the tanky, he has had a up and down season for his attendance, at least. I know that he was super excited to get onto Man Rockets. Um, did you get a sense from him uh, in the locker rooms after? Was he frustrated? Was he, you know, like he was really excited to be on the team to start making a big change. And obviously things haven't quite turned around just yet. You know, what's your, what's your sense from him? Because I know he's big on trying to uh, get a leadership role on this club. Yeah, definitely Frankie is big and he's trying to get a leadership role. He wants to be on the top of that pedestal when it comes to uh, you know the Man Rockets management group or the Man Rockets leadership group. Um, he's extremely excited. I think that guy is extremely passionate when it comes to line matching. I know personally, he sent me a quick um, wiki how on how to dump and chase uh, playing hockey. So I was quite interested mm-hmm. in that. So not, not only is Frankie a leader on and off the ice, but he's also an educator when it comes to just the fundamentals. So when I spoke to uh, GM Rob about making the move, potentially of acquiring Frankie prior to uh, maybe a couple weeks ago at this point, Rob had nothing but glowing things to say about Frankie because... The guy's a leader on and off the ice. Well, let's see how Rob reacted to his five-game losing streak that his club is off to. All right, we have uh, GM of uh, Man Rockets, uh, Rob Mella here. So, Rob, how's, uh, how do you think the game was today? Uh, I'm actually not that happy. I think uh, I think we had a pretty good game, and the output or the the outcome was not necessarily. It uh, uh, doesn't really reflect how well we played. At least in my opinion, yeah. we, had, we did a lot of things good, but uh, obviously disappointed with the loss. Um, so, you guys got a new new puzzles in your like new pieces on the puzzle. Uh, you got a new goalie, you got new forwards, and uh, you know a few things. Do you think you uh, need more? You guys, do you think you need more, more, more adjustment, or you just need a little tweaks? What do you think, big or small? I think I just got to be patient at this point. Uh, I really, really like uh, the acquisition of Gid. Uh, I mean, I've been playing with him for ten years, kind of know know his rhythm, know the way he moves, and know how to play D in front of him. I like uh, Path's game tonight. Path was really good. He made a nice couple stretch passes over to Frankie, but uh, I, I think we just got to be patient. I think, uh, you know, we just got to keep at it and the, the dubs will come. Okay, and one more question. Uh, when Frank was playing the puck, um, he seems to be uh, seems to be holding uh, Sophia quite uh, aggressively. What do you think of that? Hey, that's uh, that's why he made the acquisition. The guy's the the guy's the big rig of the SFHL. Uh, he's gonna dummy all these little defensemen, and uh, that's that's his job. He he accepts it, and uh, I mean, apologies to Sophia, but you gotta stay off the tracks. Good call. All right, Rob. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Fuck up the man, Rob. Stay off the tracks to avoid the tank. What's your take on that, Andre? Oh man, whatever metaphor you want to use for Frankie, uh, he is the wide side of a barn. Like he's going to be hard to get around, and he's going to be hard to miss. Right. So when it comes to Frank, uh, luxury—you want to call it a luxury of being patient? I think. Frank could use a little bit of, uh, of that patience. A clearly frustrated Rob Mella talking about his club's um, lack of success. You know, they win their first game, but then drop the following five. Um, he talked about some of the new pieces that he had come in that uh, it's going to take some time to gel. You know, he had an interesting comment he made there, you know, uh, playing with his new goaltender, Gideon. He'd played with him for 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 10 years so he said he knows how he moves is that what what does he mean by that is that like he knows how he doesn't move yeah um it it really is more about his just positioning i think when Mm -hmm. it comes to gideon it's all about what where are his legs where is his groin where is his mask Because if his mask isn't on his head, that's number one. Um, He has to put that on his head. We've told him many times to probably get a mask that fits. Yeah. But how he moves, we're trying to see how he moves when in respect to other players. And right now, Gideon's moving exceptionally well. The guy has, you know, I don't know if he's put grease on his hips, but he is moving exceptionally well on his uh, on his knees. He mentioned, uh, you know, um, being patient. And um, some of the the core of this Man Rocket Club 
has seemingly been very patient trying to, you know, get those wins and get those victories and finally rack up some points to not play themselves out of the wild card position that they found themselves in last year. Um, let's touch base with one of their, uh, what was supposed to be their elite top end scoring. Uh, let's talk uh, with cabs in the locker room. Uh, well, you know what? We're disappointed with the result, but we're not disappointed with the experience. You know, we got a good set of guys. Uh, we didn't have long faces after the game. You know, it's a disappointment, but we're going to dust ourselves off and move on. So there's no panicking. There's no worry. Uh, we're a little bit disappointed, obviously, with the result, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we were in there for uh, quite a bit of that game. I don't think the score reflected uh, how close it necessarily was. So what do you think was the biggest breakdown? Because the score is pretty lopsided. Um, you know, obviously 6-2 is not something to really be happy about. Yeah, definitely. Like, anytime you only got uh, two goals on the sheet, you're obviously not producing enough goals. So um, we did get quite a few shots. I think uh, got to give credit to Javier. He played a good game. And uh, we didn't necessarily have a lot of good puck luck in and around the net. So, uh, you know, a lot of that falls to me. You know, Mikey gave me a couple of sweet sauce passes today. Uh, fired one wide, uh, whiffed on another one. So, uh, got to be better on those. And, and those are the little breaks that can make those differences in the score sheet at the end of the game. You guys had a pretty big goalie swap uh, between last game and this game. Um, Vinny for Gid. How do you think uh, Gid played a role in the result of this game? Uh, Gid's a beauty. You know what? He brought beers. He brought a good attitude. He brought a good game. Um, you know, it's not always going to be... Uh, uh, 100% uh, sunshine and roses every time. You know, there's going to be tough times, but uh, if we're going to go through tough times, you know, there's no one I'd rather do it than with kids, so we're happy to have them. Look forward to uh, lots of shower times with the id there, eh? Sink showers, yes. Sink showers. All right, thanks for your interview tonight. Thank you. Cheers. I've spoken with Cabo in the past, and the guy's usually fairly animated, you know, like pretty upbeat no matter what. To me, that sounded like a pretty deflated guy. I, I don't know. What you, what's your thought on that, Andre? I think Cabo was kind of upbeat, quite honestly. Uh, yeah, he can be a little bit of, um, you know, over-animated, if you want to consider that. But mm-hmm. he was also being recorded in, in, in a difficult situation after that loss, right? Some of the facts didn't check out. It was a 7-2 to two game, not a 6-3 right. to three game. And quite honestly, uh, you kind of have to cut uh, Cabo some slack. He was probably just finishing or just, you know, finished a pretty emotional game. So when it comes to Cabo kind of coming across, I think he's, uh, I think he's just fine. Okay. Uh, so, you know, with, uh, I guess we could wrap up a little bit with our, of our man rocket coverage here. Um, you know, we go into a bye week here. We're going into the, the Halloween uh, break for the SFHL. Um, what's got to be the message to the rest of the Man Rockets right now as they gear up for uh, week seven? When it comes to the Man Rockets, I really think it is uh, what GM Rob Mella said. It's, it's more about being patient and letting the moves kind of marinate with the, with the team. Right, we're only starting to see the budding effects of a, Dave, a Diamond Dave and a Gideon Leung in the same room. That is like Wonder Twin powers activating to something that is that can you can feel in the locker room. So once we still have that type of energy, um, we're going to expect a lot of big things coming out of Man Rockets. It is just more about being a patient team and um, you know not rushing into anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's dip back one more time into the, uh, book hockey locker room. Just before we wrap things up of our coverage of game one, uh, let's speak to one of the newer wingers, uh, acquired in the, the big blockbuster trades that happened, uh, the week prior, uh, Calvin Verrata. I have your, uh, Calvin Verrata. Is that, did you say your name correct? Absolutely. Verrata. All right, man. So it's your first time with, uh, book hockey. And you got yeah, and you got four points today. How do you feel about that? It was great. Uh, I mean, it just uh, last year played with Book Hockey and uh, did well. And uh, unfortunately, with death row, played 
three games, zero points. First period played here, three points. So not saying much, but I think uh, playing with James and uh, Mitch really helped. Right, right on. Uh, so being the new player, who being the new player in the team, um, do you feel that uh, you're going to be sticking? You're going to be sticking with the uh, sticking with this team, or are you going to be thinking be moving again? Really hope not. This is the first time I've been trading in three years, so uh, hopefully keep it the way you're going. All right, right on. Thank you very much, Calvin. Good job, buddy. That guy, you know, if I could say that Cabo seemed a little deflated, that guy is over the moon right now. He put it, the, he put it best there himself. You know, three games with uh, death row, no points. First period for book, three points. What do you take away from that? Well, Calvin's playing on a familiar line with Japes and with Mitch. Um, he's had success in, in league play with Japes um, in tuxedos at River Cree. So we were almost certainly to expect that that was going to happen at SFHL. So Calvin sounded extremely excited, and he had every reason to be. But how do you explain the lack of production on death row? Like, but, you know, you, you can have chemistry with somebody, but to put up zeros and then play one period and put up three points. There's got to be something to that. Like, this isn't like a lightning cable to iPhone situation, is it? Like, they only work with each other? You know, was, was, was Death Row an Android phone? And, and, and Calvin was a, a lightning cable charger? Like, there was just no, no making it work? I, I think Calvin is a really good player, and it just was about the right fit. So I think the marriage between him and Japes, that marriage has been tried and true and kind of going to a different, uh, different partner, if you will, in death row. It didn't suit Calvin's game quite as much as it does with Jape specifically. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap up our coverage of uh, book hockey. Uh, what does book got to do to, you know, maintain this momentum? I believe it's two games in a row now uh, for them. Uh, what do they got to do to keep the train going? Well, I think the train is going. The train is definitely full steam ahead with two wins uh, in the last two games and adding j- big pieces like Jimmy Fung and also uh, um, um, David Monma. He, there's a lot of, uh, lot of pieces going in for Book that are in the right direction. I see that team uh, just pushing ahead with uh, a lot of heat going down the stretch here. Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much all of the new acquisitions chip in in, in some way or another. You know, Kevin Durr puts up uh, an assist. Uh, Muma puts up an assist, which I know he would want to be able to contribute a little bit more. You know, um, two points on the night for Jimmy, a goal and an assist. Uh, even Ray Ta got onto the score sheet. Damn. Uh, Curtis, pretty quiet night. One, one goal. Uh, and, and Calvin, just insane. Three points. Uh, Mitch breaking out, you know, coming out of his shell. Uh, with three points on the night as well. So, you know, I guess uh, from a book hockey standpoint, you just want to keep everything going uh, as best you can, you know. So, all right. Well, um, that wraps up our coverage of uh, that game. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will look at game two of the night. That's rigged, taking on death row. Don't go anywhere. I'm Anthony Gigo. I'm the Chief Financial Officer for Automatica Technology Solutions. Well, that's all good and dandy, but what does it mean? Well, it means when you clicked on the link that says Hot Nudes of Armella, and it turns out that it was Rod instead of Rob, Ah! he can help get them off your computer. It means when you need help clearing your Google search history so it doesn't autofill to How to Skate Faster Than Anthony Nguyen, he can help. It means that when you need help managing your cloud storage to ensure that those naked photos of kid won't randomly appear on your picture slideshow during your child's fourth birthday, he can help. The internet is a scary place. Sort through the filth with Automatica. Speaking of high sticking, a lot of guys have issues getting their stick up in the first place. If you're one of those guys, don't be shy about it. Let us help you. Erecta, the SFHL official men's help product. You don't need to score all your goals unassisted. Sometimes you need a little assist. Sometimes you even need two assists. It's like Eric Ta, but without the space. Use promo code SHORT AND SWEET to get 20% off your first purchase. Give you and your partner the support that's needed to get the job done. It takes dedication, skill, and training to score on the ice. 
However, all it takes is Erecta to score off the ice. Ask your pharmacist if Erecta is right for you. Side effects include nausea, diarrhea, lack of sleep, stiffness, pain, gout, blindness, allergic reactions to certain Korean foods, and increased interest in Korean pop music. Erecta. The sandwich is back. For those who haven't tasted that crispy chicken on toasted brioche, it's like... Mm, mm, mm. I'm experiencing some things right now. Look at you looking all special. But you won't really get it until you get it. Love that chicken from Popeye's. This is how we party, fooling. This is the SFHL Off-Ice Report. With your host, Ray Kamfu. Welcome back to the SFHL Off-Ice Rayport, this post-game edition of the Rayport. Joined again with Andre Donato, SFHL Off-Ice Rayporter, as we continue to break down the games. Andre, let's move on to game number two. What did you see in the rigged versus death row game? Well, rigged uh, pulled out a huge win, uh, 5-2 over death row. And quite honestly, we saw... A, a lot of surprising people like pick it up and put the puck behind the net on rig. Um, death row didn't have the answer that they needed and rig took advantage of it. And we saw guys like Anthony Guico, Matt Gagne, and even Philip Chan putting up huge numbers in that game. Gigantic numbers, just gigantic numbers. Let's do a quick run through of the numbers here for you on rigged. Casper uh, Chow putting up an assist for one point on the night. Wilson Lee, one point on the night. RC Robles, two points on the night, one goal, one assist. Roman with the bottle breaker, one goal on the night. Anthony Guico, sit down for this. One goal, two assists. That is a career high. Like, Overall, that is a career high. Matt Gagne putting up uh, two, point, or two points for uh, two assists. Um, and Phil Chan, two goals. Jovi putting up an assist. Insane. Like, that is production. You know, when you talk about your secondary scoring, no offense to those guys, but that is like your, what's the word for third? Third dairy? scoring like tertiary scoring that's absolutely (laughs) tertiary scoring this is your this is your bottom six waking up and taking advantage this is like seeing uh the 2000 uh, edmonton oilers kind of pick up the guys like anson carter ryan smith sean horkoff guys you wouldn't necessarily think about they're coming out all heart players and putting uh putting the puck behind the net it's quite exciting if unless you're a fan of death row (laughs) for real yeah i mean uh rigged Played pretty much a perfect game. Like, this is a perfect win for Rigged as far as getting the points, um, getting production from guys that don't have high salary hits, and having their goaltender, J2, step up huge. 19 saves with two goals against. Leaves them with a .9 save percentage on the night. That is that is the... Is this the two... Is this the, the old two that we know? Like, is he coming back into form here? Absolutely, and when we know Jason too to be the premier goalie of the SFHL, one of the top uh, goalies in the SFHL, and we've seen early in the year for him having uh, his injury, undisclosed uh, vagina injury. So he just needs to kind of get over it, and and we're starting to see him kind of blossom out, and you know his groin's a lot better now. So we're seeing the numbers that we're used to seeing when it comes to Jason too. Yeah, so you know we talked in, in a lot about. You know, the guys who actually did the scoring. Uh, let's go to the locker room and speak to some of the guys who just were the co-pilots to the scorers. Jovi, Casper, and Kev. So I have here Jovi and Casper and uh, Kevin Nguyen here. So guys, you got the, the win today against the uh, death row. So uh, I'll start off with Jovi here. How do you think you feel the game today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Casper with the uh, Superman assist there. Oh, yeah? Made the team all riled up. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cas? Yeah, man. <laughs> Casper here. Casper, great uh, great win today. Thank you very so, much. So uh, how do you feel about the game today? And uh, yeah. You're really good, man. We're just rolling from the last one. Just uh, kept it going. Shout out to fucking RC today, man. Fucking big up, like impressive. 
good work ethic, good hands, good finish, forward check, back check, everything you can ask of. So you're one of the key players for uh, for rigged here. So do you feel that you have any more tweaks up coming up in the few weeks for the trades, or do you think uh, you, what you guys have is good for now, or and you just need to adjust some things? Uh, it's pretty scary today. We're missing Cody Wild, big part of our team, Anthony, our GM. So I mean, fuck. Yeah, that's why we won. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but no, it's scary. Uh, it's up to Anthony though. But I don't know about a salary cap situation. But I really like how we're playing. That's what Casper Jovi, thank you so much. Thanks, kids. Fun to win. <laughs> so, Casper is a guy who has been, you know, rigged, has seen its struggles coming out of the gate uh, so far this season. Uh, that's got to be a big monkey off his back because he even sounds like he's even more engaged now. Um, what do you take away from that? Like, I, I, I'm hearing a guy that is actually playing for his own club now. Yeah, very much so. And and Casper is the type of guy who is very prideful when it comes to his uh, his own game and his his team and his team success. I I kind of draw a parallel between Casper and Japes, GM of uh, Book Hockey, in terms of their personality. They are up when it's up and down when it's down. But right now, both Japes and Casper are very excited about their team, and they're more excited about uh, how their team is playing right now. Yeah, and, and and they're absolutely right. They they had a hell of a game, and Casper had made the comment about RC stepping up huge and being that leader that the team needed when their leader couldn't be present, you know. Um, this is not the first time that this has surfaced either. Uh, the Anthony Nguyen effect, the GM missing effect. Anthony misses a game, the team finds success. It it's happened too much in the past for it to be a coincidence, don't you think so? It, hockey players are superstitious by nature, and quite honestly, this is one of those legends, one of those myths that it, it seems to hard. It kind of it seems hard to defunct, honestly, because Anthony is the GM. He is the um, you know the figurehead of this team. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't necessarily translate in everyone pushing in the same direction towards Anthony Nguyen. And it's weird to see, but every time he's off the ice and he's away from the team, the team does better. If anyone can explain that, they probably have a psychology degree in understanding <laughs> why, why team rigged is better without Anthony Nguyen. I think, you know, and I'm just spitballing. I have no degree in anything. Uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, maybe it's just, uh, you know, he's a great leader. He's, he's the leader of his team. He's the general manager of his club. But is he the team captain? I don't think so. Do you That's have a great to, question. That's a right? great question. Like, do you have to be the best player on your team in order to be the captain? I, I would argue that you would have to have some qualities that make you qualified to be that leader on the ice, but off the ice, for sure, nobody touches him. He's a smart guy. He makes some decisions that are a little questionable, but he's really turned his game around, and he's put together some pretty impless, impressive clubs in the in the past couple of seasons. I don't know. I, I don't know what to take away from it, but that, those are just my, my two cents on it. Um, let's uh, skip over to the... Uh, the loser room, uh, you know, um, one of the new players that we talked about getting traded last week, Sexy Tam comes over from having a pretty successful run on uh, on book hockey, like uh, including a hat trick night, um, you know, and he comes over to to death row to play his first game. And um, where is he here on the score sheet? One goal, which is not a terrible production, but by Sexy Tam standards, I would say that's that's a little under what he would expect. Uh, let's hear what he had to say post game. I got here. Uh, what, what did they call you here? Uh, Handsome Tam was it? Sexy Tam. Sorry, Sexy Tam. That's right. Yeah, I didn't make it up. But. <laughs> so uh, your first game with Death Row today and uh, tough loss. Uh, what do you think? Do you think needs to do a lot of work, or what do you think? How, how do you think about the game today? Um, I think you know without our captain Lewis um, and. Just some of the new lineups and new guys on the team where we just don't really know where, where 
we're all going to be yet. So we need to kind of get in the groove and, you know, get that chemistry building. So first so game, really early, but yeah. not too worried. Do you feel that you need a little more tweaking with Trey's, or do you think just needs a little bit of adjustment with the guys that you no, have now? No, I think I have full confidence in Lewis. He's a pretty good GM like some of the other ones. Some of the other ones, you're kind of head scratches when they make the move, but Lewis is a pretty smart guy. Uh, I think our team has full, full confidence, full faith in, in our GM. So no, no doubts. All right. Thank you, Sexy. No problem. Thanks. Handsome Tam. Good old handsome Tam. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the guy comes over in a trade and he's uh, missing leadership of his GM on the ice. You know, we talk about having Anthony out of the lineup for his club and his team finding success. Now we look at the total opposite of that, where Lewis uh, is not present for death row and his club falters. Um, I mean, what do you what do you make from uh, uh, Sexy Tam's comments there? Well, Handsome Tam, like he said, it, it was his first game in a new situation, and without his leadership there, it does fall on AGM to kind of Ben Chu just to figure out how how to deploy the lines. And it's not necessarily a fault on Ben to not see the most success uh, when Lewis is out. But as a team, they would just looked like a team just trying to put it together for the first time, almost unboxing uh, a brand new team for the first time. And all the chemistry that has built up until this point didn't seem to uh, click in the game against Rigged. It definitely did not, especially, you know, you mentioned uh, AGM Ben Chu having to step into that uh, leadership role. Uh, there was a lot of situations where he was trying to lead by example uh, by coming back and back-checking hard on some plays, which he absolutely needed to. Death Row, I don't feel like, like, I know that Death Row lost the game, but there was a lot of instances where they had chances, but they just weren't scoring chances does that make sense to you Andre am I making any sense you know like they had chances to get into the zone they had chances to maintain the zone but they just weren't getting not just like the shots on net but they weren't getting the result either like absolutely and if you're a fan of death row and you're wondering what happened for your team you don't have to look as far as to what happened in the man rockets game right where you're where both teams were generating scoring opportunities but just couldn't find that one instance, that one kind of you know, bounce of the puck for the whole game to change in their favor. Uh, when it comes to death row, you look at the guys who are generating a lot of the scoring opportunities, a lot of those um, chances, and you don't have to look too far from a Ryan Kearney or even uh, like we talked about him, Hanson Tam. Um, but Ryan Kearney had a good game. He had two points in that game. And uh, honestly, he could have also picked it up to a point where if everyone is kind of slouching behind, he has that superstar qualities that could have, uh, you know, broken that game wide open. Well, let's see what uh, the man himself thought of how the game went. It's been another Saturday. It's been another loss for death row. You guys, I don't know. You guys have a few already. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we have one, but that, that, then it's another loss. Then I'm joined by Ryan Curry tonight, who's you know everybody's been talking about how he's been on fire tonight. Um, but you guys just were dealt a pretty tough, 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 tough loss by uh, Riggs, who you know had a bad start. I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, they uh, they they had a few things going tonight. They got every bounce in the book. They got pretty lucky when a guy like RC can score off a couple bounces, comes right off his chest, right? And um, I don't know, we we maybe could have supported Ray a little better. We uh, left our goalie hanging out to dry there, but uh, that's okay. We'll get back, and and I think that. But it wasn't so much the fact that rigged one; it was that death row loss, and we just didn't do we didn't do what we needed to tonight. What do you think you needed to do? Uh, I think we're going to need to see a little more back checking, a little more support down low, and and uh, we were talking about hail mary passes. Every pass is a is a gong show. It's it's a hundred foot pass, so we can't be doing that shit anymore. So just uh, work on simple things, you know. So there was a play in the second period where Casper was coming in, and you had him right 
right in your sights. Uh, he ended up phasing right through you, and I think it resulted in a goal against. I don't know. I don't know about that one. It's a little risky. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He, uh, he he got lucky, right? In a real game, I would just cream him, and instead I had to side swipe him and, and let him go around me, right? It's kind of shitty, but obviously I don't want to hurt the guy. He's, you know, obviously he's a nice guy, and kind of like him a little bit, but, you know, I, I uh, wouldn't pass up the opportunity to hurt him on a play like that, so I guess they, like I said, another time they got lucky. I'm not giving them any credit tonight, especially not you. Brian Kearney, an asshole and a gentleman. Thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. All right, so, I mean, I think he's saying all the right things, right? I think so. Um, he's definitely protective of his team and definitely not giving a lot of credit to death row or excuse me for rig for what they had to pull off in that game. But then the question I, I kind of turn to is not necessarily what Ryan Kearney's uh, statements were is more so what the team was doing in front of uh, Ray camp Fu, right? When you look at the roster in itself, Adrian Dillion, uh, Noel Chin and Kev Chan on the back end, you're, you're looking at a team with, you know, premier defenders in the league so what happened in front of Ray what happened with the defense core uh to allow all of these attempts to come this way against uh death row and how did they uh how did that they pot it in it's well, a good question you know and and I watched a lot of this game um you know I was kind of zoning in and out of it as as we were at the rink and stuff but um you know to answer some of your question I think honestly like uh Rig jumped up early. They they got a couple of a uh, couple of pucks in uh, pretty early on uh, on Camfu and on Death Row, I guess. Um, you know, and and I think that's some kind of adversity that Death Row hasn't had to deal with yet this season, where they've had to squeeze their sticks a little bit tighter. Um, and without that leadership of Lewis on the bench, being like, "Yo, guys, chill the hell out. We can still get back into this thing." Um, everybody started spreading out a little bit too far. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned that elite defense, uh, maybe they're expecting a little bit too much from that elite defense to be able to connect these passes where guys are chilling at the other goal line while we're still trying or while death row is still trying to clear their own zone. Right. So, um, maybe just a little bit of a miscommunication too, you know, like, uh, they, they also add, uh, you know, they essentially added a new line with, uh, sexy Tam coming over, Matt Wu coming over for his very first game and, uh, Manny Alcantara, uh, playing his first game on, uh, death row as well. So, I mean, a lot of confusion and a lot of, you know, who plays where and, and very uneven lines. So I'm sure that death row as a whole can't be happy with the results of the game. But uh, let's run through the score sheet. It'll be pretty quick on this one. Uh, Ryan Kearney puts up two points on the night with two assists. Um, Matt Wu puts up a assist as well. Uh, Sexy Tam putting up one goal. Uh, Noel Chin coming back from a couple weeks off. He gets one point uh, with an assist tonight. And Manny Alcantara, the uh, one of the new faces, uh, puts in a goal as well. You know, a big, big cheering crowd. Uh, you know, the, the, the hometown crowd uh, came out to cheer him on. Uh, did you happen to see that goal? Well, Manny is Manny is a beloved character uh, from everybody's Filipino childhood dreams. So when when he scores a goal, it's it's like seeing Rudy score his first goal or his first touchdown. <laughs> it's the same effect. And um, quite honestly, when Manny goes anywhere, any Manny, quite honestly, any Filipino Manny going anywhere is going to get a loud ovation. I like to imagine that uh, Manny has that cheering squad follow him around at everything that he does. Like he could, he could put creamer in his coffee, and people would be like, <laughs> "Yeah!" <laughs> oh, you can only hope, I guess. Uh, awesome. So that wraps up um, our coverage of the second game of the night. Just to recap, Rigged takes that game five-two over Death Row. Rigged two and three on the season. Death Row. Now sitting at three, one, and one with their first regulation loss uh, of the season. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. Is that cool with you, Dre? We'll take yep. a quick break. Okay, let's break. Let's stop down. Let's pay some bills. Uh, we gotta take a quick pause. But when we come back, we will go over the Chris Donato services and Popeyes chickens. Uh, three players of the month. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Chris Donato. 
You might know me as, hey, you're not Andre. I provide mortgage services on a personal level. So personal that you might think we're dating. But my initials are KD, not K. Never mind. Mortgages can be confusing and boring, so let's talk player of the month. Every month this season in the SFHL, outstanding players in the league will be recognized for their outstanding play and will be given an outstanding prize. My balls! Each month, the winners will receive a pack of golf balls to do pretty much whatever they want. Hit them, drive them, get them wet, roll them in the sand, give them to your dog. The possibilities are really endless. It's my small way of saying thanks to the men and women playing a sport in the league I'll probably never play in. So remember, when it comes to your next mortgage, let me play with the numbers, and you can go play with my balls. Chris Donna, no services, he's giving you his balls. My balls. Sit on back, let me sing you a ditty about two country boys named Jovi and Vinny. Now these boys were more than just a couple of players. They did math like nerdy 12th graders. Jovi. When he takes a shot, nobody can stop it. He's the man to call in the event of an audit. Vinny. Vinny. Two cups in two years, he's the man you can trust. He'll leave the tax man begging in the dust. Jovi. Scott, LLP, better than the rest. Meet Sophia. Hello. And meet Caleb. Hi. They're here today because they are in elite company. Really? That's right. These guys went all of last season without registering a single goal. Wow. That's harsh. Yeah. So while they can't register onto the score sheet, they can register their cars at Ellerslie Registry. They won't tell you you've got no hockey IQ. They won't tell you that your season was a complete bust. And they won't suggest that you quit hockey altogether. I hit a post once. Sure you did, champ. Even if you can't register anything on the ice, you can always register with Ellerslie Registry. This is how we do it. This is the SFHL Off-Ice Report with your host, Ray Camfu. Welcome back to the third and final segment of this episode of the SFHL Off-Ice Report. We just did the post-game edition for week six in the SFHL. And now I guess we have to do the post-month coverage of the players of the month. Um, this month for October, uh, some pretty solid players of the month. Uh, Andre, did you get to see the guys who, who got, got the nod? Oh, absolutely. Uh, third star, we have Gideon Leung with three wins in the month of October. Uh, second star, we're looking at Garvin Chow with one goal and seven assists. And first star on October is Jimmy Fung with six goals and four assists. The guy was hot, 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 10 points in that month. That's right. Uh, and those players of the month are brought to you by Popeye's Chicken and Chris Donato Services. Uh, Gid Leung, uh, let's start there. I mean, yeah, the three wins on, on the month, that's, that's solid, solid start. I mean, he's a big part of the reason why VTech has been off to such a great start. Um, having to get traded, you know, obviously it wasn't something that was at the top of uh, uh, GM Sumo's list of things to do, but he needs to try to keep his dream team alive. Um, and unfortunately, that meant that uh, Gid was going to have to go. Um, you know, I, I got to watch all of his games, Andre, and, and I got to tell you, like, Gid is a very deserve, very, very deserving of this star of the month of, of getting this player of the month nod. Um, he, he's just been playing better. Like, is he just, is he just more positional now? Is he more reactionary? Is he, you know, dropping some of the gout? Like, yeah, what are we seeing? I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll say it once because I don't want to repeat it many, many times, but Gideon's diet consists of two things. He eats pucks, and he eats gout medication. <laughs> That's it. And right now, what we're seeing, and quite honestly, and I've tooted this horn since we started our uh, you know, succession, succession back to playing, um, but Gideon is an evolved goalie. At this point, I believe that Gideon is a different goalie than prior in the past. And we're starting to see that second 
coming almost of a Gideon Leung, a post-gout epidemic Gideon that had, if, if 2020 has been shit, it hasn't been shit for Gideon Leung, let me tell you. Yeah, no, that's true. The whole world turns to garbage and, and Gid starts to become a better goalie. <laughs> uh, well, also too, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to dwell too, too long on him, but I mean, he, there is a lot of things like uh, in the goaltending world, uh, everybody, every goalie is about routine and superstition. And we've talked about this as players too, but um, you know, with goaltenders, that's a big deal. And I know one of the big deals is the shower. And Gid has found a solution that I, I am assuming that, you know, is, is going to go for the entire entirety of this pandemic. And I'm talking about the sink showers. You, you know what I'm talking about, right, Andre? Absolutely. I've been, I've been present at the sink showers. I've witnessed uh, Gideon lather himself up from head to toe with the water running straight from the sink. And he, he just creates a pool of his own feces and he creates it um, just for himself to lather and wash. And quite honestly, it's, it, is it too close to call it genius at this point? No, he's the only one. He might be an innovator of the sort, but definitely not catching on at this yeah. point. But yeah. Gideon stands alone in the sink showers. Most pioneers were not appreciated in their time. I will tell you that. Um, one quick question for you then with, the, with how things are going. You know, when the showers come back, because they will, let's, let's be real, guys. This pandemic can't last forever. When things get back to closer to normal, when showers come back, Andre, is Gid still showering in the sink? Short answer is no. If he has the opportunity to look around the man rockets and he sees a diamond Dave sees a Rob Mella sees a rusty and a Mike Rezik. Hell Dan Cabra. He's going to have the pick of the litter on whose ass he gets to smack and no amount of sink showers can beat the slapping of ass against any man rockets for Gideon. Gideon was excited before he came to the man rockets. And once we get showers back, Gideon will be even more excited. All right. All right. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's move on to the second star of the month for October. Uh, Garvin Chow, uh, one goal, seven assists, seven assists, man. That's insane. The, the race for the Rocket Richard this season, I feel like is going to be very interesting with a lot of very different names that we didn't really see trying to, to make a, a run at it previous seasons before. Um, Garv, obviously, uh, one of the assets on uh, the VTech Hockey Club. You know, um, we were talking about this a bit earlier, too. Um, you know, a natural defenseman, I want to say. Uh, well, you know, he plays D on, uh, on most of the clubs that he was playing with before, right? Absolutely. And what we're noticing on the ice is that he rovers into that center position uh, almost at a moment's notice and creates more chances than I've ever seen Garvin produce uh, just by virtue of having the puck more often and attacking the net in the offensive zone. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, I'm thinking for the games that I've seen where Garv is switching up to be a forward, I, I feel like I noticed that, that the, the other change as well is that Simon Wong has been switching to defense and then swapping back to forward. And, and those guys are never in the same position. They, 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 they never play both defense or, or both forward. They always seem to be swapping. Um, you know, is this like um, trying to find the best use for them? Is this just like uh, bouncing back and forth? Or is it, um, I personally would, would guess that it's a, uh, like a disrespect thing to the other team where it's like, oh, you know, this is going to be such a cakewalk. We can put our defenseman on forward and still beat you. Yeah, I don't look at it as a disrespecting personally. I could definitely see how a few people might see that. Uh, if, it's, if it's working, why fix it is kind of the approach I see. Mm -hmm. And they have maybe stumbled into something with Garvin roving as a forward. Um, they might have stumbled into something that they never even saw in their first permutations of their line combinations and they are now you know honing in on giving the puck to uh garvin chow when it comes to the offensive zone i'll be quite honest uh ray i have not seen a cleaner transition from defense to forward 
than I saw in Brett Burns of the San Jose Sharks. Mm. Brett Burns was drafted as a forward right wing for the Minnesota Wild. Went, switched over to uh, defense while playing for San Jose. We're seeing the opposite Brett Burns effect when it comes to uh, Garb Chow from defense to center. Yeah, uh, well, I guess we'll see as the season goes on. I mean, if, if I would be a betting man, I'd say that we would still be seeing that swap quite often. I still think there's uh, that anybody who watches VTech closely would value being able to have Garv on the back end. And I wouldn't doubt if we saw in game situations that position change up for him where Garv starts off maybe on D and then switches to forward or vice versa. I could definitely see that happening. Um, Let's move on to the first star of the month. Was there any question? Was there really any question here, Dre? No. It was always going to be Fungo. Um, I've heard his nickname go from the fungus to the fun guy to the that guy is all over the place. But Fungo put a career-high 10 points in a single month. I mean, it's, it's never been done before. I would be interested to see what the historical stats are in the SFHL, but 10 points in, in the month of October uh, is exceptionally, exceptionally high. And when it comes to Jimmy, he's always had the talent to do it. And in the month of October, he put it all together. Some would argue that a bulk of his points were acquired in one game. And that one game was against an injured goaltender. I'm talking about the game where uh, two tweaks his, his, uh, his knee or his groin, his undisclosed lower body injury. Some would argue that it's not sustainable. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. If you want to look at it from um, a statistical standpoint and try to produce this month over month, you're more, more likely going to see a drop in stats um, rather than a 10 point every single month. That being said, his 10 points uh, are 10 points. They're the statistics. And you want to say the detractors want to put an asterisk on his points just because of one game. Well, there's a lot of asterisks this year, right? We don't have to look down the line when it comes to asterisks. So if Jimmy Fungo is going to have 10 points, give it with an asterisk. But at the same time, that's what the stats tell you. And uh, Jimmy was uh, at least on the ice for all 10 of them. So points are the points, regardless of, uh, uh, of how they're required. Nobody ever asks you how. They just ask you how many, right? So, I mean, yeah, okay. I'll give that to him. And, and I, I, I personally, I do believe Jimmy Fungo is um, maybe not the real deal. I wouldn't say he's the elite scoring in the SFHL, but he's very close. He's, he's really riding that border, and I really think he's pushing through um, this season and, and getting an opportunity to play with some, some really good clubs and uh, getting some really good line mates. Um, who do you think, if you had to give a fourth star, who's the, the, the player of the month, uh, fourth star, who's the snub off of this top three list? So, you know, if, the, if these guys are getting uh, Popeye's gift cards and uh, Chris Donato Services golf balls, let's say um, fourth star is going to get a singular drumstick and, um, you know, a tennis ball. That is a good question. Um, I'll be quite honest. Given the nature of, uh, I, I'm a forward myself, so I'm kind of biased towards forwards. I can't help but think a Curtis Small or even a Michael Rezik might get my fourth star. Those guys have been producing, and they've been producing on uh, weaker teams when it comes to st- their team score or team mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. They're the ones carrying, uh, carrying a, a bulk of their load. So when I have to look at maybe who's a fourth star is, is not necessarily on a team that's won four, uh, four games, it would be a team that's been, you know, struggling and they have had a couple of uh, superstars in that team. Yeah, it, it, when you lay down those two names, I would have to go with Curtis. Uh, maintaining his point per game pace at, at minimum point per game pace, you know, uh, trying to really be the spark for, for book hockey is, uh, yeah, he's, I'd have to hand it to him. Fourth star of the month uh, going to, uh, Going to Curtis Ma. I agree. Totally agree. Welcome to Get Scout of the Game. The player that best exemplifies the worst traits of hockey. Nowhere is safe from Get Scout. The SFHL Off-Ice Report. 
Joey, you're the guy of the game today. Yep. Reason why is because you got missed two open nets here. So what exactly happened there? Uh, I saw Ray sprawling. And I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta get, get, I gotta get this off quick. Yeah, yeah. Slapped it and missed the net completely. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> you know, they're wide open, but yeah, you got. You gotta get that in the net, buddy. I was like staring. Up. So what do you gotta do next time to get that puck in the net? I'll work on it. Uh, I just pass it off. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joby, thank you so much. Yeah, all good, okay, man. Um, that about covers it. Uh, Dre, I, I think that's it. I think we're done. I think we just did the whole show. Absolutely killed it, buddy. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, well, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining uh, both Dre and I on the uh, SFHL Off-Ice Report. We did a little bit of a different format this uh, this week. We go into a bye week uh, for Halloween. So, um, yeah, I guess we won't uh, have a, a tee-up show until the week after. So, um, yeah, we'll take a look at those games when uh, those games come up. Uh, the trade deadline is extended now because there is no games this week. So if anything does come up, I guess we'll have to chat again, eh, Dre? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So uh, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much to uh, the Ray Porters uh, for going into the locker rooms and getting all those post-game interviews. Thanks to all the players uh, for being good sports and uh, joining uh, or entertaining the reporters with some uh, post-game coverage. Uh, this week's episode was brought to you by the brand new fucking restaurant location in Capilano. Um, for Dre, for Ray of the SFHL Off-Ice Rayport, uh, keep your filthy mitts clean and sanitized and uh, see you on the ice. Yeah, baby. <laughs>